The Rocks to Roots podcast is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Spokane, presented by Delicious Hamburgers. Speak Spokane is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios and Speak Spokane, and on their website at speakstudios.com. Speak Studios, speak and be heard. This is Rocks to Roots, a podcast presented by the Spokane Conservation District. This podcast series is intended to share education and resources related to land management, conservation practices, and celebrate some of the great stewards of our land here in our region. tuning in to another episode of Rocks to Roots. We are back in the Speak Studios today in downtown Spokane, and I am joined by my co-host, Dwayne Zabranek, the greenhouse manager for Vets on the Farm. Hey, hey, how's everybody doing? Hey, how are things up at the farm? Uh, Things are going good. We um, are getting a lot of stuff on the ground this week. We are weeding like crazy with this heat, and we are hoping our carrots will finally germinate, so... That's where we stand up at uh, Vets on the Farm. Awesome. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed for those carrots. (laughs) Well, today in the studio, we are joined by some of your fellow South Spokane Farm Corridor members, Adam and Emily Powell, with their farm, Lilac City Harvest. How's it going, you guys? Great. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Well, let's start off and just tell us a little bit about yourselves and tell us about Lilac City Harvest. Would you like to begin? Sure. Well, we're um, an eight-acre mixed vegetable farm um, in the south side of the Spokane Valley. Um, we have been selling to the public for about three years now, and we've got we we just expanded our ground and cultivation recently from like a quarter acre to probably a little over a half acre, so nice. almost doubled in size so that's that's been pretty pretty nice to to expand and uh yeah the um we have a farm stand and a website and we have um how's your how's your farm stand doing right now is are people coming out there they with the the first and everything yeah showing up the first week we were open we did have a pretty decent turnout uh Wednesday was going to be our next farm stand, but we had to call it off because we had a, an electrical issue. Mm-hmm. So um, we just told people to call in or go to the website and order, and we took them up. So nice. There's always something going on on the farm. There's always some yeah. thing that's going to happen where you got to fix and everything else. You got to adjust. You know, adjust fire. Go from there. Always so that's projects. awesome. You still, but that's awesome. You still with with your your. I'm sorry. What'd you say? Online. Yeah. Yeah. We have a website. That's so. great. Yeah. It works pretty well. You can shop from there and set up a time to come pick up your veggies. Awesome. And for those of you that are interested in doing that, their website is lilaccityharvest.com. And so I'm curious as to why you guys decided to start farming. Well, um, 
a few years back, well, it was like 2015, we were looking for a property. Um, we knew we wanted to do something with the land. We didn't know quite what. Um, I grew up living next door to my grandparents, and my grandfather had a really big garden. So um, that was always something that was kind of a, you know, like the, the undertone of my growing up. Um, I was always out there helping him weed or harvest tomatoes or whatever he had. Um, a uh, really big love for tomatoes and, and really hot peppers. He would have yeah. a Ziploc bag full <laughs> of the spiciest peppers he could ever think of for every meal. And he'd just sit there and munch on them in between bites. Did that you was, take a bite out of a few yourself? Yeah. Yeah. All they, right. They were gnarly. But uh, that, th- just that kind of stuff always stuck with me. And uh, so when we were looking for land, we wanted it to be close to our potential customer base. You know, a lot of farms are kind of far out. So we were looking for something um, in town uh, or at least right on the outskirts. And we, f- we came across that property and it was just pretty, pretty perfect. Um, the, the location is right on, a, you know, a main sort of thoroughfare. And um, it wasn't necessarily, we weren't thinking vegetables when we bought it. We were thinking, you know, uh, we were sort of brainstorming at the time. We were thinking chickens and Joel Salatin and permaculture <laughs> and, you know, just trying to find something to do. And uh, uh, we pretty quickly realized that the, the land wasn't, there wasn't enough space for much in the way of livestock or like meat production or whatever. So um, it was a pretty quick decision to try and think about doing vegetable production. And um, then from there, we just kind of searched out for resources online and um, what was available as far as learning how to do that. A lot of the things that we focus on are salad kind of crops, you know, and and they're quick growing. um, And you got to get on a schedule to keep that stuff rolling. You know, most of it grows pretty quickly. And um, learning how to do that is a process. It's not something that's really um, intuitive. No uh, doubt. Right right (laughs) off the bat. Steep learning curve. Yeah. So um, just searched out really quickly, read a lot of books, and uh, found uh, J.M. Fortier um, really – Liked the way he was doing things, and uh, Curtis Stone, he was a pretty easy access um, kind of guy on YouTube there at first, and um, we went to the Food and Farm Expo. Woohoo! And, yeah. <laughs> Put down by the Spokane Conservation <laughs> District. <laughs> Throw that in there. In, uh, what was that, 2017? 20 se- yeah, 2017. And that was when Curtis and J.M., were, yeah. were featured guests, mm-hmm. and I had seen both of them before and knew of them, and uh, I had J.M.'s book, and I'd read that, and when I saw him in person and heard him speak, I I really felt a kind of a connection with him. He's a he's kind of a kindred soul, and he's, he really is very passionate about what he does, and it, it shows. Definitely cares about the land. Yeah. And that's uh, one of the big things as a farmer, you connect with people that care about the land themselves. Yeah. 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 And uh, so, you know, his words and his um, style of doing things really stuck with me. And, uh, you know, I liked the um, kind of the both sides of the coin there uh, that Curtis gives you a pretty decent, um, like, knowledge base for the business side. 
and JM gives you a really good, um, really good sort of primer for um, starting a, a system at just about any scale. Um, talks about, you know, how to rotate crops and, uh, you know, really simple strategies for building um, uniform size beds, and keeping everything uh, the same length so that, you know, all your irrigation hoses are, are the same length. So you don't have to worry about, you know, where this one goes or that one goes. It's all interchangeable or, you know, like making everything, putting uh, cam lock, like quick connect fittings on everything. So you can pull it off really quick and switch it around and weed or whatever you need to do. You know, you little mean, things like you that. Don't, you, you mean you don't like to take the extra, you know, 30 minutes to change everything around <laughs> and go 100 foot bed to 75 foot bed to 50? Yeah, no, get out the hose clamps and pinch it off. <laughs> no, no, try not to do that, but. This new plot that I opened up, it's a little bit different size, but um, trying to maximize space because the, the sun exposure on the property is 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 kind of limited. We're at right up next to a hill. Um, it's on the south side of the property, so it, we don't have much in the way of southern sun exposure. Um, and uh, so this one strip of the property is what we're trying to focus on mainly for the vegetables and uh a part of that is our drain field for our septic system. So we have to stay a fair amount away from that, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, to keep everything copacetic. Good so. call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got the I got the as built out from the county on that and measured it out and made sure we were quite a ways away from that still. So nice. everything's good there. But yeah, no, it's and um, that area is just a little tight. Um, we're gonna put our new our new wash pack shed kind of over there by um, by the the main road and our farm store. So yeah, just trying to fit everything in. So uh, you, you just mentioned your um, your farm stand. Did you build that out yourself? Uh, is it right there by the road? I mean, it's tell us a little bit more about like your farm stand. It was serendipity. Yeah. Like when we drove, when we were looking for property, it needed to have certain things, but um, we had never thought of having a farm store on the property that would make sense, like, you know, to actually have it manned with parking. Um, and it was existing. We knew as soon as we drove onto the, <laughs> the property, we were like, oh, man, yep. <laughs> yeah, this this works perfectly. Yeah. There was already three outbuildings. Yeah. Yeah. It just the driveway um, is, a really, is, is really nice and wide, and um, there's a nice strip along the side of it for parking and, yeah, it's it's going to work out really well once once it's all done. So you mentioned, so you have eight acres, and you mentioned something about um, kind of having to have a sun strategy. Are there any, what are some of the other characteristics of your land, and are, are there any major big challenges that you have to overcome? When they built the house, they took all of the topsoil oh. from the surrounding area to build up the topography to put the house on top of. And so that's been a huge issue. Um, We've also not been great about mitigating any kinds of weeds out there (laughs) in the field. So that's tricky. Yeah, Yeah, we had uh, my neighbor, our neighbor is, um, he has an excavation business. So he's been really helpful in um, developing out the property. And uh, we had him, we had him out with his, his equipment to kind of level out and spread some of that area where they had taken the topsoil um, for a new big greenhouse that we're going to put up. And when he did, 
you could just see the there's a, there's a lot of work that's going to need to be done there. So lots of um, not a lot of organic, not a lot of soil aggregates in there, in there. and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it's all nice and um, it's all nice and flat now. Uh, with a, a bit of a in that spot, a bit of a crown, yeah, for drainage and everything. But uh, well, that's good. I mean, that saves a little uh, <laughs> effort on your legs, you know, going up and down a hill and everything. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's nice. Yeah, well, that's actually how we found out about the Food and Farm Expo. Is we were getting a soil test, oh, and um, I had to stand there for a really long time because it yeah, was like a time right. where no one was testing soil. So the the gal at the front desk was like. Um, hang on a second and so I'm standing there and I was like "Ooh, you know look and I saw the magnet which is still on our fridge actually and so it was just kind of yeah I was bummed I was bummed we found out about it a year later because Joel Salatin was there the year before Mm -hmm. oh man that would have been cool to see him so you mentioned Joel Salatin and you mentioned uh Fortier yeah is there besides those two is there any other like um grandfather or person of of, of farming that you're just into that you just follow and take their word as gospel? Elliot Coleman. Elliot Coleman, mm-hmm. the grandfather, huh? Yeah. Himself, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the one. Oh, yeah, wealth of knowledge there. Many years and For sure. he's got it down, huh? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we're hoping to bring back the Farm and Food Expo this fall, actually. We're in the planning process, so maybe we'll reach out to him. <laughs> yeah. That would be... Make it up to you for missing that. That would be wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. I schedule like three tickets there for myself. <laughs> Make sure I'm in. Did you want And um, so on your farm, do you grow organically? Are you certified? And if not, why? If yes, why? We do grow organically. Everything's organic. Um, nice. Low till. Uh, no certification. Okay. No. Is there um, a reason for that? Uh, up at our farm, at Vets in the Farm, we do grow organically. We're not organically certified, though. Um, you know, vets and all that. We've 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 been through the government. We we understand the sure. the rigmarole. Yes, exactly. Okay. So, mm-hmm. do y'all have any reasons why you haven't gone that extra step? It's just not cost effective. Okay. We're small. Cost effective mm-hmm. for a small farm. Yeah, and we don't want to have to jump through all those hoops. Yeah, and at this point, I feel like it's uh, more of a like a buzzword. You know, than like a marketing tactic oh, yeah, for a definitely. lot of places, like certified organic, like. Okay, that's cool, but certified organic also allows a lot the, the use of a lot of things that we don't even consider. Nasty, you know, stuff. just <laughs> nasty stuff. At the end of the yeah. IPM, they can throw Roundup if they have to right. just to control something. Yeah, and you don't believe in something like that, correct? Exactly. All no, right, absolutely not. So you do grow organically, and you mm-hmm. are looking for the health of your crops absolutely. and oh, yes. your customers. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's 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 the goal is to you know provide the the most nutrient dense food. We can for ourselves and our customers. Nice, nutriently yeah. dense. Yeah. I love that. It's a great word, great term. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's a buzzword that is not going to go away. Oh, it's not going <laughs> to well, get not. twisted or one. anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I already hit four. If you want to go to five. And okay, so life on the farm is always difficult. You you're up in the crack of dawn. You're going until the sun goes down and here in Spokane at this time, I mean, that's like almost nine, nine o'clock at nine. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sun rises at four. Yeah. It's not much downtime. <laughs> Do you have a tool or something that really makes the farming easy, really makes it so that you can save some time, your go-to? That BCS. Yeah, that saves a lot. The BCS is kind of, 
it's the workhorse. Um, you know, use it for flipping beds, forming beds, tilling up new ground if you need to. It's uh, um, do you, do you guys use BCS? We do. We have a BCS. I think eight forty. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I picked up. A, I found. A, I was looking. I'm always trying to save cash, and um, I looked for a long time and found a 739. So it's like, it's the lowest size. It's the smallest size with the power safe transmission. Oh, it'll nice. still run. It'll still run all the cool implements like the flail mower and the, the rotary <laughs> plow and all that good stuff. Um, right. And yeah. I'm kind of the layman. So what does BCS mean? <laughs> it's a it's a two wheel tractor. So I think that's the brand name. Oh, okay. Out of, yeah. out of Italy. <laughs> yeah, they're they're made in Italy, and um, they uh, it's a it's a cool thing. So uh, you know, most people are familiar with like just a tiller. Uh-huh. Well, this it looks like a tiller, but it has a it has a a drive shaft on the back that will power different implements. So you can change things out. It's just a smaller scale tractor than um, say like a big four wheel tractor that you're. More familiar with. behind it and push it. Yeah. Oh, awesome. It's got okay. two handles, and yeah, it's it's cool. A walk behind has many implements, including when you're done farming and it's the winter time. It even has a plow. So, yeah. I mean, it is a fantastic piece yeah. of equipment. Yeah. Nice. Excellent investment. That that has been really good. And uh, the Quick Cut Greens Harvester. That oh, nice. is pretty huge. That yep. saves a lot of time. How often do you all do your greens, and uh, how often do you use that? Quick cut greens harvester. I usually harvest greens once a week, at least. Um, I think we were talking about it on the tour. I do um, really densely seeded um, uh, all-star lettuce mix from Johnny's and then come through and cut it when it's pretty baby-sized. And it looks just it looks just like what people expect to see on a grocery store shelf. You know, it's that nice. per- perfect... Baby Except it lasts way ba- longer. Baby right? color. Yeah, so exactly. It, 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 it hasn't been in a reefer truck for two weeks. Exactly. Or, mm-hmm. yeah. So. And so also just kind of speaking about life on the farm. So husband and wife duo. So mm-hmm. what is your guys' dynamic? How does it work? Do you, are there trade-offs on work? or Things have been changing a lot lately. Um, we have two small kids. So okay. when the youngest was born, obviously, I was in with the kids. But um, – and. He was working full-time and doing the farm before and after work. Oh, wow. And um, so I was doing all the admin stuff. That's pr- still pretty much how that part works. Yeah. But he's recently quit his job to farm full-time. And um, so then I got a little part-time job to try to keep money coming <laughs> in. And we realized we just made the same situation just yeah. reversed. Yeah. Now he didn't have any time to do anything because he was with the kid. Oh. <laughs> I was at work. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually just quit. And so we're both farming full-time. Yeah. Taking it all the way. That's yeah. awesome. Putting, yeah. the, putting it all on the line. Yeah. That's the way to do it, though. Yeah. Small farms, I mean, that's that's kind of what you got to do, right? You got to go all in or? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. No, that's awesome. it's uh, we decided that, you know, the part-time job was taking away so much valuable time that we could be using to build out the business or the farm or, you know, um, reach out to potential new customers or, you know, any of that marketing, any of that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, like she said, it it really, we didn't, we didn't think it would at first, but it really kind of created the same situation just in reverse of what, (laughs) what I had just gotten away from, but we figured that out pretty quickly and, uh, we're off and running again. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. 
Nice. So kind of riffing off of that, um, and but talking kind of more about maybe a farm practice or um, a growing change, but did you, um, was there a process that you knew you had to change to improve the efficiency or the profitability of your farm? Um, and how did you identify that need and how did you address it? Well, we were talking about that and... Uh, <laughs> I immediately was like, carrots. <laughs> Let's talk about the carrots. Carrots <laughs> are difficult. We grow a ton of them, and we love to. It's our favorite thing to grow yeah. and pack and sell and sample and everything. And um, it takes forever. It takes forever to harvest them and to wash them and yeah. to cut the tops off and to bag them. Mm. And so we had to figure out a better way to do that. And um, he got real creative. At least YouTube did. Yeah, he found it. I found it and built it, and it seems to work pretty good. We haven't harvested carrots yet, so. Um, so you I, said you found a, it and built it. What is washer. it? It is, a, root, it is a root vegetable washer. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, you built that yourself. Well, I modified an existing thing as a made it out of a cement mixer. Nice. Um, so it's got a, cool. a motor that turns a drum and um, replaced a couple parts on the inside. It had like metal bars on the inside. I took them out and put some plastic pieces so they wouldn't tear up the carrots. And um, yeah, I built a cool little like spray jet thing that kind of hovers over the middle of it as it spins and drilled some holes in the back so the water drains out. And it just kind of turns and throws the carrots back over on top of themselves. And the, the friction from that uh, gets the, the dirt and the majority of the roots off. Very innovative. I love it. Just Art dump yeah, it on and out. And yeah, and <laughs> it's, go got, a, the next it's one. got a dump handle. You can dump it into a tote and put the next one in and keep Real it going. Yeah. And does that nifty machine just work on carrots, or is that all root vegetables? Any I, root. I think it, yeah. Right. yeah. Radishes, if we took the tops off. Yep. So you do say you take the tops off. Is there a reason to take tops off? Does it bruise the greens, or? Well, we, it's because of how we package them. Um, They're going to suck all the moisture right out of those yeah. you know, the carrots or whatever they're on. Yeah, so, you know, originally um, we started bunching carrots and, you know, um, packing with them. With the top on. Yeah, with the top on, packing them in totes and, you know, setting them out on the table or whatever at, at the farm stand. And um, we found that two, two things. When you leave the tops on, it sucks the moisture out and the carrots go bad faster. Um, and secondly, it, um, if they don't sell... Right. So like if you've got them out on the table and they don't sell, well, that's a task that you have to do anyway. You're going to have to top them anyway. Right. So um, what we started doing from there is say just wash them, top them and put them in a, a prepackaged sized bag that's sealed with our label on it. And it's ready for sale no matter what. And you, you leave it out on the table and it's going to uh, retain that moisture because the bag's sealed. Um, and the tops aren't on, so you you don't have to go back and cut them off. And if they don't sell, you can just toss them in the tote and put them back in the cooler. And somebody will buy them online, or they'll buy them next time. Carrots keep forever. Oh yeah, I love that you say that because that's been one of the debates up at our the debates up at our farm is um, tops or no tops, you know. And I always mm -hmm. say if you leave the greens on, it's going to continue photosynthesizing anytime you have it out there, and it's going to drain the nutrients out of the root, which is the carrot, which is what we want to eat, which is that nutrient density. Yeah. So I love that y'all are, are are cutting the tops. Y'all are doing, you know, the best for the customer. Yeah. I feel, and I don't know, uh, maybe you can chime in on this. 
what do you feel about that being, was that just um, a switch over from big ag to small ag? The carrot, the carrot tops showing that it was uh, freshly harvested compared to you something. You still that's been see in it in organic. Still in the organic, organic section in the grocery store, they're all you yes. know orange okay. and purple and white carrots with the tops on, all pretty. But, but they're, I've, ne- they're I've never flimsy. bought. Yeah, I've never bought one of those because you pick them up and they're There's rubber. Rubbery. You know, yes, exactly. This, this, exactly. I don't want that. So, I, and that's what happens when you leave the tops on the carrots. And then so. the the you know non organic is just storage carrots. Oh they yeah. Have oh, no yeah. sweetness. <laughs> no, nobody needs those. Things no. are as big around as your wrist, and yeah, <laughs> no. they're crazy. No, uh, it's, uh, and it robs the sweetness, too, I think. Oh, agreed. Most yeah. definitely. Yeah. All those nutrients just being leached, all the sugars and everything, that's that's horrible. Yeah. I'm going to be judging all the carrots in the grocery store now. <laughs> you will be and ruined. And at the farm stands. <laughs> you will be ruined. It's amazing carrots. when you want to eat uh, nutriently dense food, what you got to look for and all the yeah. the things you got to sift through as far as what's right. being put out there. So yeah. That's awesome. Y'all are on top of it. <laughs> Love it. Theoretically, yeah. on paper. <laughs> yeah. So here's the question that we always try to try to figure out at our farm, and we want to ask you, uh, how many hours a day do you want to spend in the farm? What's the goal? Is, I mean, do you set a time limit? Do you try to do a 9 to 5 or less, or how does that go? Well, I think um, we're, we're so newly transitioning into this new uh the, the way we're doing things that uh, we're still sort of trying to figure that out. But um, we've done a really good job of sort of dividing and conquer. You know, she handles the admin. She helps a lot with um, the packaging and um, harvesting too. So um, most of my responsibilities have been field work and stuff. So, um, and then, you know, we have one child in school and one that isn't yet. So we've been having to kind of tag team her childcare. My mom, who lives on the property with us, um, has been watching our daughter three days a week for a few hours. So that's been helping a lot too. But yeah, it's, you know, um, we would really like to, once we get our systems um, sort of set and in place, would really like to kind of keep a nine to five. And um, that would allow... um, a personal life. Yeah, yeah, that would allow us to, to <laughs> continue to have a personal life throughout the season. Yeah, right now, we're just kind of popping in and out whenever we have time. All your free time is dedicated mm-hmm. to the farm then. Yeah. yeah. But it's kind of nice. I mean, one person gets to sit inside and have coffee or whatever. And yeah. Hang with the kid <laughs> and the other's doing work. It's a nice give and take. Yeah, yeah right. it really works out pretty well. And, and just because you mentioned it, and I'm, I'm a huge coffee lover, I do one pot a day. I go to uh, Jakob's. Do you have a go-to coffee? Well, something that energizes you <laughs> to get going. He does not. He does not do caffeine oh, in wow. the coffee form. You yeah. do everything without I'd, coffee. He's I don't do diet coffee. coke. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I drink diet coke. Yeah. I, I d- I'm not saying I do it without caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't like hot caffeine for some reason. My body doesn't take it very well. I do love my coffee though. Oh, nice. Yes. Do you ever go to coffee? Um, any of it. Any of it, <laughs> as long as it's it's hot, yes. it's caffeine, yeah. it's good to go. Huh? I've had. I don't. Some drip today and uh, a chai already. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right. So overall with um, the acreage you have, I mean, you have quite a bit of quite a bit of land there. Um, do you prefer or not prefer? Do you have a, a preference as far as drip uh, drip irrigation versus overhead irrigation? Uh, it just depends on the crop. Yeah, it's pretty crop specific. Um, so I've got the way that I've got the, the plots 
sort of organized right now is by irrigation type. Oh, nice. Um, so, you know, um, I've got a section that mainly uses drip. And then the big section is is, is overhead. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like a combination of the two. I, like we were talking before we got on here, I was thinking of using um, a combination of both drip and overhead for, for carrots, germinating carrots in the, in the heat. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Spokane summer, you gotta love it, huh? <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. So unpredictable. There, oh yeah. So there is a science behind what you're doing, as far as your overhead and your drip and your watering and just irrigation in general. Mm-hmm. You actually have it broken down by crop and trying to figure out which is the best for yep. uh, germination and and growth. Yeah, nice. That's yeah. wonderful. So you know, like uh, sugar snap peas, zucchini, cucumbers, uh, green beans, um, Swiss chard, onions. Um, all those do best on drip, and uh, most of them don't like their foliage to get wet, if if possible. And um, so I try to keep all those uh, potatoes too. You know, I try to keep all those on drip. And then you know, most of the salad crops and carrots, um, all the greens. Yeah, those those like overhead, and we grow a lot of that. So we just try to make them happy. Yeah, whatever <laughs> they like. Now, when you're making them happy, how, how happy are you making the weeds at the same time? Mm. Oh, ask. my gosh. That's part of the problem. We had a we had a weeding. <laughs> it was only like a half a morning. And yeah. we had an entire Vermont cart full. Oh, wow. I mean, it, they're very large carts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, was, yeah it, was, it was a lot of weeds. But um, no, it's, I tried to set things up, and it worked out really well. Um, I tried to set things up so that we can get our zero-turn lawnmower in um so we've got everything surrounded by electric fence because our deer um, oh yeah we have a pretty big deer population there um you so like some some invader coming in and just perusing and grazing oh gosh, and taking a little bit of here and a little bit of there. yeah no <laughs> that's not going to work for production between the deer and the marmots yeah yeah and the rabbits it's fun <laughs> but um i tried to set it up to where there was enough room in between the edges of the beds and the fence to run the lawnmower in there so it wasn't crazy to manage the grass and weeds and um, I did that the other day for the first time this season, and it felt really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it made it all nice and clean. So that goes back to what you were saying in the beginning, where there's that whole planning where you got to figure out, you have this acreage, it's wonderful, it's all open, but then you got to figure out where to put your fences, how yeah. much walkway space you need, how much growth space you need, how yeah. much mowing space. There are so many things to consider, and you have no idea until you've already put the t-posts in the ground and you realize <laughs> no that is not where you want yeah that. yeah if you didn't think about it beforehand then oh well you either got to fix it or work with it and we'll work uh, with it. yeah i try I'll fix it every I, time <laughs> <laughs> i try really hard to think about all of the possibilities you before i do something you almost have to be a chess player looking three moves four moves ahead just to be able to you get have a crop to be every profession when you're a farmer you have to be a plumber you have to be a carpenter. Yeah. You have, I mean, everything. Yeah. Before I left my, you know, what I did before farming was uh, commercial refrigeration. So I learned a lot. Uh, you know, I was in the construction department. So I learned a lot about construction. Um, I have, uh, you know, electrical or electrician's um, license. Um, I've got, you know, gas license. Got, I know how to work with a lot of the things that, we need to get um, that was a huge going. leg up, and I think one of the only reasons we were able to like save enough money to do these kinds of things. Yeah, like I built our walk-in 
you know, um, our walk-in cooler and uh, saved us quite a bit of money there and um, built a lot of little things around. So you just said uh, uh, you built a walk-in cooler. What Can you elaborate on that? What is a walk-in <laughs> cooler? A walk-in cooler walk-in is a big fridge that you can <laughs> walk into and put things in. But this one you can't walk into. You have to get up into because yeah. it's actually an old cargo trailer. Yeah. Oh, cool. So I took a, it's like a six by 10 trailer and I insulated the inside of it. And um, you can get a, an air conditioner and uh, trick it to make it think it's warmer in the room than it is. And it'll go down to about 35. And how oh. do you do that? At tricking of it. It's called a cool bot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We just got a new cool bot. I'm pretty stoked about it. Fancy one. The cool bot pro. Is there, is there, okay. So I'm I'm a little out of it right now. Are you familiar with the cool bot pro? We have a cool bot. We have a Connex that we uh, made into a cool room, but um, our cool bot's already maybe five, six years old. Okay. Yeah. So is there a new version? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, uh, the cool bot pro (laughs) is uh, Wi-Fi enabled. Oh, wow. Yeah, and you can control it through your phone. Oh, that's yeah. nice. And you can check it if you're elsewhere. Yeah, so, so if you're, you're off-site and it, you know, your temporizes, you get an alert on your phone, and it tells you you're it's walking warm. All right. So, I mean, <laughs> that saves a little time, and, uh, yeah. you know, when you're kind of a little piece of mind. drained at the end of the day and uh, you don't want to walk outside, you can mm-hmm. just boom, boom, boom yep. on your phone. All yep. right. Yeah, so that's that's going to be fun. That's great. Yeah. I'm making notes because um, we're looking at rebuilding our cooler for our tree sale. So might have Garth and Ben give you a call. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'll help you guys out. So you guys talked about deer and marmots. Um, but what are some of your other dreaded pests and how else are you taking care of those? The flea beetles. Flea beetles. <laughs> They're oh. no good. Um, they like everything. They like radish, uh, yeah. mustard, yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, arugula. Yeah. They, they attack. Brassicas yeah. All brassicas. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this year we, yeah, well, last year we just got decimated by them. And so we doubled down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so th- this year we got some new stuff on board. It's called Protect Net. And it's a really finely woven insect netting it's super it's durable incredible. yeah it's it's really pretty cool stuff do you guys use uh we do we have jumped into the foray of of insect netting mm-hmm. um supposedly we got the right uh size mm-hmm. holes on yeah. there for flea beetles but um still getting you still getting us and, you and have to, that just you could have be operator error all those i don't edges. know like completely yeah. down on the ground, they will get in. I've Are they in the soil as well? They c- yeah, I think they can be. So um, they're awful. Yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, a flea beetle is just um, a little beetle that jumps. It does a little flick, so it's, it's it looks tiny. like it's tiny. It's the size of a flea, and they're a little beetle, and they jump around from plant to plant, and they take little bites out of the leaves. So when you see those leaves and they have a little bite, that's mm. that's just a flea beetle. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It, it it increases the plant will throw a little bit extra. Nutrients for us, for it, it's, it's protection. Yeah. And to try to fight off those flea beetles, but they are a pain to get rid of in general. Oh, my gosh. They're the worst. <laughs> yeah, they like... And the, the cucumber. Cucumber oh, beetles. Those yeah, those were pretty bad last year, too. They yeah. got every cucumber. I don't think we ate one cucumber. No. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. No, this year we're uh, taking a couple new strategies for that, though, so... 
that the potato. Uh, yeah, the potato, potato bugs. Potato are bugs disgusting. were pretty gnarly too. The kids like to go out and <laughs> pick them off. I give them buckets full. Yeah. All right. What do you do? One dollar, five dollars a bucket? No, uh, nothing. <laughs> no. You get we're fed. Poor. You get fed today. <laughs> so Grandpa used to do it, right? Like, go out with a bucket. I give you one dollar for every bucket you can bring back. There Here you we go. go. Five gallon pail. You know. Yeah. It's awesome. You could probably get that many. They're awful. Yeah. Seems like you guys are getting a pretty good handle, and I love what you said that farmers are every occupation. You gotta you know, have a wide range of skills. And um, so I think, you know, for anybody listening, it can kind of seem a little intimidating to maybe like, you know, (laughs) have this dream of starting to, you know, you know, build their own small farms. So what advice would you give folks that are interested in getting into growing their own food? The, the amount of information out there, um, on this subject is really pretty plentiful. Um, it's pretty easy to, to find both free and paid content. Yeah. There's, there's, um, there's a few really kind of like rock star farmers these days that have like pretty all inclusive courses. Like if you have zero knowledge and it's something that you just up and are passionate about one day, you can pay a couple thousand dollars and they'll tell you how to do it. Like exactly. Um, but, uh, um, you know, we signed up for uh, JM's master class um, early on. We were in his first, um, we found out about it at the Food and Farm Expo. He was like, I got something special coming up. And I, he wouldn't tell, like, everybody in the, in the audience about it. But when I talked to him about it after the fact, he was like, keep an eye out. We've got, we've got something special for you. And, um and I, and I did, and uh, the, the initial, um, he gave everyone who signed up at the beginning a pretty hefty discount. So I feel pretty fortunate that we were able to get in on that information. And it's lifetime access, um, and they're constantly adding new content on new crops and new strategies, new ways to do things. And one of the biggest things that, that helped us uh, or helped me throughout all of that is he built a pretty big um, social media uh, group like a Facebook group. Facebook group mm, around nice. that platform and it's all open forum so anyone who's a part of that platform like I've made friends with people in that class you know like I'm friends with a guy named Noah Jackson he's down in uh, Great Falls Montana and you know he is he has a farm like what I you know aspire to have I was talking to him on the phone yesterday he harvested 500 pounds of greens <laughs> You know, like Holy he's moly. he's big baller status with that. With I mean, and and they're in the middle of nowhere in Montana, and they're making it work. You know, they're selling to wow. grocery stores, um, uh, chefs, and they've got. You know, I we pick his brain a lot. Yeah, I, the the <laughs> company the company I used to work for does a lot of we we did um, grocery stores, and uh, we did a lot of work in Great Falls, and some of the guys that I uh, that I work with they they met him and we met chefs that, you know, that he sells to and they're like, Oh yeah. You know, so like I've met a lot of people through that platform. I, I met a guy in spirit Lake who's in the, the master class. Um, he came out, he's really new into farming. He came out and I gave him a tour of the farm and he was like over, over the moon. He's like, Whoa, you're telling me you've never done this before. And like, you <laughs> just joined the class. This is crazy. It's like, this is, you know, this is how I want my farm to look. And I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. It was, able to inspire somebody that way. So. 
And I think another piece of advice would just be to scale up slowly and appropriately (laughs) instead of thinking like you have to have this absolutely gigantic greenhouse in order to make any money or to get it going off the ground. You know, just start small with what you have. Um, Yeah. You can have, I mean, mini tunnels, you can do so much with a mini tunnel. The the smaller you can do something at first, the better, because if it doesn't work, at least you didn't put that much into it or, you know, um, start small. Um, practice um, all kinds of different things find find what works best for you efficiencies yeah some you know certain certain people or certain uh, soil doesn't do well with certain crops and um, try a try a variety of things because you might find something that grows really well and some that don't you know I, I know people that can't grow carrots to save their lives but ours take <laughs> ours ours take off well and 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 they they taste amazing it's the best thing I've ever tasted so always have a backup plan. Yeah, have at least two. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. At yeah. the whim of Mother Nature, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Very cool. So, oh, go for it, Dwayne. Oh, I was just going to ask. Um, so in your area, I, I know you said you had um, to work with the soil that you had that was brought in in order to do the whole uh, building part. Um, did you have natural soil there? And... If so, what kind of soil was it? Did you go to the soil survey just to figure it out? I mean, uh, the end goal here, my question is to figure out what kind of amendments do you use mm. Uh, mm. as far as your crops go? Well, uh, the soil uh, throughout the property, there's a couple of different. So it used to be a riverbed um, where, where we are. So um, on the, the hillside of the property is pretty sandy. So it was almost like it was a beach back in the day, you okay. know, when it was a river. And then you come out, you know, f- away from the hill and things are, and it's the valley. So things are pretty rocky. rocky. Um, and there's, there's, there's some sand in there too, but it's a pretty like a sandy loam with some fairly <laughs> decent sized rocks scattered throughout too. Really good drainage. Yeah. Yeah. Good drainage. Um, but yeah, for the most part, um, we use a good finished compost um no i don't manure yeah this season. no no manure um had okay. some issue with potatoes last year we had a, a manure based fertilizer that i'd used the previous season and i think it gave us some pretty bad scab issues so try it. i didn't know about that one mm, trial and error yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. but uh yeah so the amendments we use are um crab meal kelp meal <laughs> yeah get kind of fancy with it uh alfalfa meal um to a little bit of a fishbone meal. Oh, nematodes. Yeah. Yeah, those, those are <laughs> uh, not necessarily amendments, but that was uh, that was another pest uh, control strategy that we implemented this year, and it seems to be working pretty well. And you just soil drenched those nematodes into your, your whole beds? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I put Thank them you. into a backpack sprayer. I've got a – it's a battery-powered – Backpack sprayer, so you oh, don't I have saw to pump that. it. I'm super jealous of yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so you just uh, you just fill it full of water and mix your nematodes in and walk around and spray the ground. And um, yeah, they're supposed to be like heat seeking missiles for those, those little critters. wire worms. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Can't get rid of the wire worms otherwise. Yeah. Can't get rid of the eggs or anything. It's crazy. And so you've seen really good results with uh, using nematodes. So far. So far, yeah. Nice. The first. So we haven't pulled carrots yet. They were really bad on carrots last year, but um, the radishes and the turnips. Oh, they well, were. The turnips they were, were 
like little pictures. Yeah, the the little Hakurai turnips, those were just picture perfect. And last so year, they, they really ate them up. You, you just mentioned the Hurokai turnips. And I got to ask, how did your customer base or, or, they or have your community no clue what to do with those things. until yeah, you show them? I was going to say, I've never heard of those. So <laughs> we, we cut, we didn't know what to do with them. They're, they look like little radishes, but they're all white and, um, they're really crisp and sweet. Oh. Um, so you can slice and put them in a salad. We tried roasting them. Yeah. Um, I, I botched it. It was bad. <laughs> oh. It was my fault. It wasn't the turnips, <laughs> but, um, you know, nobody really knows what to do with that. And we top them, so there's no greens. But, um, you know, people will ask, well, you know, how do you even eat that? And um, I'll just say, try it. Just eat it. And I, s- I sell yeah. a lot of turnips that way. That's they, awesome. Yeah. They remind me of an apple. They're so good. Really? I mean, yeah. you could just sit on the, it, like, if, if the crunch is what you like when you snack, mm-hmm. those turnips are yeah. like chips. Yeah, they're so good. We always have a plate of them cut up. At the farm, whenever they're in season, we always, yes. every time, we just walk through the day, you know, just pick a little, eat, and go. Mm-hmm. So. Do you guys grow those through the summer? Oh, yeah. We grow them all year long. Good. Uh, it gets a little harder, but, yeah. you know, we just right. deal with what we got to deal with, throw some shade whenever we can. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, while we're on this subject, because now I need to know where I can find those turnips. And well, you guys now I'm <laughs> embarrassed that we didn't bring any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll come find you. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so you guys have a fabulous website, lilaccityharvest.com. Um, but where could our listeners um, come and buy your produce, maybe in person? And after they've listened to this episode, maybe they want to ask you a few questions that we didn't get to. Sure. Um, LilacCityHarvest.com. We're also on Facebook, Lilac City Harvest. Um, we have our farm stands this season, Wednesdays from three to seven. And then um, Thursday evening, we'll be at the Perry Street uh, Market and Saturday mornings at Liberty Lake Farmers Market. Awesome. All right. I'm coming for those turnips. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then just to kind of, in closing, I'm curious to know what is on the horizon for Lilac City Harvest. You guys did make mention of a veggie van. What's that about? So, yeah, this is this is how I can get excited about farming because farming is not my passion. Um, farming <laughs> is his passion, and I love that. But um, I got to find something in it to get me excited. And so I, I went to school for cultural anthropology, and um, it's really important to me that people have access to the things that are going to improve society. And that just starts immediately with nutrient dense food. And there, we have so many food deserts in Spokane, Mm. so many, it's staggering. And so that, that is the idea that there is no fresh fruit or veg within a mile of walking distance. And so that, you know, that, that leaves people with gas station food Mm -hmm. and, um, I would like to, that's, so that's my goal. I would like to get a van that's refrigerated and <clears throat> be able to take it to those food deserts like an ice cream truck and um, be able to accept EBT. Um, I want to start doing like some kind of scholarship where people can pay for shares for other people um, who maybe can't afford it or who don't have the EBT to pay for it. But yeah, that, that's my goal. Okay. Now I got to put you on the spot. Yeah. So you're gonna have this wonderful food truck that's going around and selling veg. It's helping everybody out. What is your theme song 
that the veg truck is going something to, to do play. with carrots i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we have an ongoing joke um we we talk about the carrot coalition um yeah. and it, it's it's a serious thing it's a hashtag now we have a hashtag it's going. my instagram name carrot, carrot coalition, coalition. <laughs> <I love> yeah <laughs> awesome very cool. Well, Adam and Emily, you guys have been fabulous. We've learned, I have learned a ton. Dwayne, I'm sure you picked up some oh, pretty most good definitely. <laughs> tips and tricks as well. <laughs> so to get to know you a little bit more and to let our listeners know a little bit more about you, we love to play this Spitfire round at the end of our interviews. You guys game? Of yeah. course. Okay, perfect. All right, so you I'm going to start this off and I'm going to change it up a little bit. Go for so, it. I'm going to ask both of you, what's your favorite movie and what's your favorite quote from the movie? Oh, I mean, there's too many. If I had to think of one right now, it would probably be A League of Their Own. Um, and probably there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> nice. Tom Hanks and uh, Betty. No. Her name. I forget her name. Betty in the movie. Um, Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Yes. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Oh, a League of Their Own is one of my faves. Oh, so good. So good. When the kid gets hit in the face. Oh, oh no. So I read, just aside, I read that he didn't know that was coming. So that oh, wow. reaction was genuine. And so I just die every time. Oh, I mean, my it makes gosh. It gets me every time. I need to go back and watch it now <laughs> again. Uh, I think my favorite movie, there's, there's a lot of them. I don't know. Um, Die Hard's one of them, but my favorite line from Die Hard, you probably can't, like, air. Yippee ki Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yippee ki That was later. Yeah. On the podcast. The best Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. Definitely a Christmas movie. We're all in agreement with that? Yeah. All right. I could not care any less. Gosh, Tony is going to love that. My boyfriend's going to love that you just said that because he made me watch that this year. Nice. All right. If you guys could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Teleportation. Because travel's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a good one. I I kind of second that, but I, I can, I do invisibility. That'd be pretty fun too. You could just kind of go and do as you please. You use that for good and not evil. Yeah. Could you imagine sitting in Congress and be like, let's see what these... That's where you would go if, if yeah. you were invisible. That's where you would well, go. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Well, that's that's a, the radio safe. It would be a fly <laughs> on the wall and all these important conversations. It'd be as far away from uh, that as possible. <laughs> okay. So everybody has this one debate. And I like this one just because I, I see no difference. But a lot of people do. And being a married couple. Toilet paper over or over. under over. and why? <laughs> Over. Why? It was in the patent. <laughs> <laughs> because under is wrong. Okay, there it is. Actually, it's funny because we, we were dropping off <laughs> our daughter at my mom's before we came yeah. here. They are an under house. And every time <laughs> we go over, we change it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So awesome. Awesome. And nice. at first, at first <laughs> my mom's like, ha. Oh, so funny and now she's like no seriously you need to stop stop, stop, stop. <laughs> no <laughs> cannot oh that's awesome <laughs> all right if there's a food that you could not live without what would it be cereal specifically uh, 
Mm. I don't know. Cereal is like a passion. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I, I gotta many. jump in and support you there. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is oh, breakfast, always. lunch, dinner, snack, yeah. mid dessert, afternoon, drive, with milk, yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah. There's always a Costco sized box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch <laughs> in our pantry. Raisin Bran's pretty high up yeah. there. You know, and I like grape nuts. I like really all of it. You're yeah. probably it's the only second thing. in the world that, I, besides my dad, that I've heard likes grape nuts. Oh, I can't find a big enough box of grape nuts. <laughs> no. Nice. They're always the small boxes, and they're always so expensive. I want the big one, because I like grape nuts. They, yeah, they, I was <laughs> complaining to my friend that I eat too much cereal, and she said, just stock your pantry with grape nuts. I'm like, oh, I love grape nuts. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> keep eating them. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, my dad would buy those. We're like, not again. <laughs> love them. <laughs> We're old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mine's pizza. You could, right. Couldn't yes. live without pizza. Best pizza place in Spokane, what would you say? Mm. I don't know. I like one of the best. Then. Pizza Rita. Rita's right. pretty good. Yeah. As far as yeah. local local joints, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll go with you there. That's good. Yeah. That's good pizza. A lot of the other ones are kind of overhyped, overpriced. I like the basics. <laughs> All right, and then the last one, and we always ask our guests this, and as our producer Brennan pointed out, it kind of goes with our theme, Rocks to Roots, but uh, Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Beatles. Beatles. Woo! Nice. Nice. Yeah. We're going to tally those one day, one of these days and actually find I'll out. jump in deeper. I mean, which album? Ooh. Oh, oh here it goes. So I'm going to say I've, I've rocked out to the White Album so many times. I mean, Porch Life is wonderful with a six-pack and the White Album. So sure. I, mean, I could probably, I probably know every lyric to like every Beatles song that I've ever heard. So I can't even pick so one. So as long as it's playing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that was, yeah. my folks listened to that, that was, pretty religiously yeah. growing up. Beatles and Beach Boys in my house yep. was pretty, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> pretty much it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being here, you guys. Listeners, make sure that you go and check out Lilac City Harvest, a local farm here in Spokane. Check out their website, lilaccityharvest.com, and make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook as well. Thanks so much for being here, you guys. Thanks for having us. Rocks to Roots is sponsored by the Office of Farmland Preservation. Office of Farmland Preservation is a program within the Washington State Conservation Commission that works to address the rapid loss of working farm and forest lands in our state. Together, the Washington State Conservation Commission and conservation districts provide voluntary, incentive-based programs that empower private landowners to implement conservation on their property. You can learn more about their programs and services by visiting their website, scc.wa.gov.